0: Thank mm-hmm. you. How are you doing? I'd start off, Jeremiah, by saying one thing, and this isn't my quote. I have to attribute this to Tom Dutra.
2: He always says,
1: tough times don't last, tough people do.
0: Welcome back to another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast. I am Jeremiah O'Shan. Joining me today is. I'm Dave Clark. And I'm Tim Foss. And today is match day minus one for the CONCACAF Champions League final, leg two. The score is tied, 2-2, going into this final leg with Sounders sitting on the precipice of history. Wow, that sounds like a lot to me, uh, saying it out loud. Uh, One of the big discussion points, and we may as well start with the biggest discussion point, is how this feels like a really big fucking deal uh pardon my french um but it as we as we're recording this it looks like it's gonna be a sellout i mean i say it looks like there are sporadic seats still unsold uh around the stadium because they keep opening up essentially every time we think they're about to sell out there's like magically more seats open but there's gonna be like sixty eight thousand people at at lumen field is it like let me just put it this way is this the biggest game in sounders history you go dave first it's the biggest game in Sounders history.
2: Yeah. And um, yes, hands down. All right. Tim? Yeah.
1: I I don't have, you know, the historical expertise to speak <laughs> to. Maybe there was a bigger game in no. the ASL era, but. No, definitely I, not. There's, there's not been a point where the Sounders have been in position to, like, genuinely, justifiably claim to be the best club in the. The continent, like that's never happened before. They are on the precipice of being able to genuinely say we're the best club in North and Central America and the Caribbean. Like that's that's a big fucking deal.
0: Yeah, it is. I and so I guess the real question, maybe that's that's too obvious because it does. I think you're right. It's it's the biggest game in in Sounders history, and, and I think it is for those reasons. Let me flip this question because I I have been on several podcasts. I've hosted most of them. I talk, I did one yesterday on this very feed uh, where we talked about this a little bit. But I did not talk about this at all. How does qualifying for the World Cup, the Club World Cup, matter at all to you? Like, like, where on the like is is the Champions League? Is winning Champions League like the prize? And Club World Cup is this thing you have to do, or is it a qualifier for the Club World Cup? I
1: I think the Club World Cup is a little bit more of a thing that you have to do. Maybe it's, you know, I don't remember exactly when they've happened recently. I feel like in February was the most recent iteration. So during
0: this the uh, MLS offseason,
1: it's definitely like I think it's a much worse bargain for you know a Premier League club that then has to try to juggle the Club World Cup with league play with. Champions League and whatever, if it's part of your preseason, I don't see it as being that much of a negative, but I think it's definitely more of a a, a neat thing that you have to do than the pot of gold
2: at the end of the rainbow. I'm, I'm, I'm with Tim. Like, if it's during preseason, that'd be kind of cool, just because the way that the tournament is for a CONCACAF team – you kind of climb this ladder of difficulty and that kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. But as long as it's um, structured the way it is, where UEFA and Commonwealth just have to play two games and that's it. And some, some confederations could play like up to five if they kept winning. It's kind of a joke of a structure that makes the U S open cups bracket seem simple and fair.
0: Yeah, it. The, well, that's the thing. We don't even. We still don't even know what the structure of the Club World Cup is. They they've said it so many times that I I take them at their word that there will be a Club World Cup, but they haven't technically announced that there's even going to be a Club World Cup. But under the old format, which is a format that it was already theoretically discarded, uh, they've already ratified a new a new format. They just haven't implemented it yet. It was supposed to be implemented, I think, in 2020. Something happened to disrupt the. World order uh, in 2020. I don't remember what it was, but uh, anyway, they they I think now played two tournaments under the old format after saying they were going to switch. It it we don't know where it's going to be. I don't think it tends to be in the Middle East or in Asia. I think that's where almost all of them have been in uh, one of those two confederations. Uh, Middle East is not a confederation, but region of the world and. Uh, So there's still a lot to be left on it and I just can't, I don't know, maybe, maybe when they're in it, I'll feel a little bit differently, but I just can't bring myself to care about qualifying for the club world cup. And I realized that there's a simplicity to pitching it to casual fans as like, you know, who Barcelona is well, if we win CONCACAF champions, League, we might be able to play them in a real competition and I and I get how that's like a that's that's a line that the Sounders have used uh, since 2009. I I want to say uh, 2010, but I I agree with you guys. I feel like this is the prize. Um, like you start stacking Concacaf Champions League trophies in your case. I don't care how many Club World Cups you have, right? I mean, maybe, right? I maybe, go ahead.
1: Like. I have been, you know, I most of my time at work is spent listening to podcasts and audiobooks. And most of those podcasts are soccer related in some capacity. And there's been a lot of conversation with the UEFA Champions League in the semifinals right now. And the one of the teams involved is Real Madrid. And they're one of a couple clubs globally that like at this point they really it's like winning the league for them is nice, but winning champions league is the thing that matters. Real Madrid have won an absurd number. I've heard lots of talk about that. At no point have I heard anybody talk about how well they've done at club world cups that they've been to. Like it's as much as it's a cool thing and, you know, maybe it helps grow the sport in some capacity, but it's not a, like genuine competition that any of these clubs are elevating over league performances or, you know, how they do in their own regional tournaments. It is like a, an obligatory trip that you take that, you know, hopefully you teams are getting enough money that it is worthwhile. But I, I think the real value For from like a Sounders fan perspective, if they go to the club world cup is that, you know, it's part of their preseason. Those are preseason games we'd get to watch presumably without having to be there in person. Maybe if it's, you know, in a country that is appealing to people to visit, like that's a cool vacation, assuming that you can do it safely, or maybe they pick up a few international fans, but I think, I think even that aspect of it seems like less of a focus for the Sounders organization. They seem to have changed their focus and how they become a global brand or entity from, you know, trying to market themselves to people all over the world to becoming,
2: you know, a, a
0: yeah. I don't regional
2: I, identity that people can. I, I, think, I think what's going to be awesome. awesome is when they win and we can actually have the perspective of watching the club world cup, then we'll figure out if it matters or not. But I expect it'll be, it'll only matter if we do well there.
0: We're maybe getting ahead of ourselves. Let's focus in on what's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, Today I went out to training. Uh, I thought it was notable that the Sounders were more than happy to leave their training session open for the entirety not much happened. I'll be honest with you. Uh, but they were not they, they were like to the degree that they were, oh, they, they were going to show people stuff. They showed them. Uh, Pumas were a little bit more guarded. They limited training to uh, just the first 15 minutes for the press. I didn't get to get to any of the uh, availability for Pumas, unfortunately. But the Sounders, I think, are exuding a certain confidence. Uh, they're exuding a certain calmness. Uh, I'm a little worried in that uh, I think you could have said the same thing about the lead up to the 2017 uh, MLS cup. And I thought that year Toronto looked like they were like all in their own heads and a lot of other things. They obviously came out and played well, but I mean, I think the Sounders are saying all the right stuff right now. Um, How confident are you guys going into this? Like, are you feeling like this is a, like, are your, do you have nerves going? Do you feel like this is, I don't know. Like, what what would you say, Dave?
2: It's funny. I, I ran all the math, and you know, I got the win, win, loss, draw for the Sounders in Mexico because I knew that it was really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't bother to do that in uh, in two more questions, but I haven't. I just feel like the Sounders at home, particularly this iteration in big games, um, have been just so good. Uh, you know, I think MLS Cup twenty nineteen. Um yeah, sure they've looked poor recently, but they get up for Champions League.
0: They you know, Lyon, um, Matagua. Eleven to one. They've outscored opponents eleven to one at home during Champions League.
2: Yeah. Um and some of those were good teams. You know, it's not just Matagua that they beat. Like, they beat the MLS Cup champions and, and, and Leon. So, to me, it, it, it's – I am not nervous like I was in the various Open Cups and MLS Cups. For some reason, this one's just bubbling in that I'm excited uh, rather than anxious. Um, and maybe some of it's just because MLS teams have been underdogs for so long in the CCL that even if we – like. Even if the Sounders lose, it'll just be like, well, that's just another loss to a Liga MX team, whatever. Whereas if they win, it'll be like, heck, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think uh, that...
1: Oh, you go ahead, Jeremiah.
0: No, 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 go. No.
1: Oh, I I just was going to say, I think the performances at home in Champions League up to this point are definitely a big factor. They, you know, even Matagua, that's not a certainly no slouches. They, you know, earned a draw when they hosted the Sounders, and then the Sounders just lit them up. Um, but even taking the the game away to Pumas into account, Sounders did not look good for significant stretches of that game, and they still, you know, they for a while looked like they just kept it close enough to be able to pull a result away at home, despite, you know, terrible weather, difficult conditions all around, playing at elevation that stadium seems like it's a tough atmosphere to perform in at two, nothing, like you wouldn't have felt good, but you would have felt like it was still doable. Pulling two penalties out of the last, you know, whatever, the last half of that game and coming home level you got to feel like they're you know Pumas might be able to play well with their backs against the wall but the Sounders are going to have close to 70,000 people on their side a field that they're familiar with that Pumas is not they're going to have all their best players available i i can't help but feel good about it i you know Jordan Morris is going to score one because he's scored in every CCL home game so far so it's just a matter of who else is gonna yeah he's uh, i watched they posted an instagram video today with all of the goals from ccl so far and i noticed after like his second one that like he scored one in the first game and then he had one in the second and i was like oh he scored in the the nyc game too yeah he did he's he's got one in every home game he's gonna get one in every home game i you know i just feel like he he didn't impact the game as much as we would have expected in mexico city i think he's gonna make up for that in this one i i don't think you shut jordan morris out two games in a row
0: row Ru- and the fact that Raul Ruiz Diaz just has one goal uh during this campaign during this whole year i guess and uh he's he, you gotta think he's got he's got another one he's got one in him uh, there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of reasons, I think, to like like the sounders' chances. And I and I don't think like I I don't want to begrudge anyone from feeling nervous or worried, but like I do think there's a lot of reasons, a lot of very practical reasons to be confident. Do either one of you have a concern, though? Do either one of you have a like it's I guess it's not that hard to imagine a scenario where. They play to zero, and the sounders give up a bad penalty, or Danano finds some space and scores but is is there a scenario beyond sort of like a freakish one that you see that pumas just sort of end up being the better team?
1: I mean, I guess I can imagine scenarios, but they are all sort of things that don't really happen with this team very much, like the moment suddenly is too big for them and they're in their heads. And instead of MLS cup 2019, it's MLS cup 2020, or, you know, and that again was like a series of individual errors that result in dumb goals. Like it's, it's a sport, that kind of stuff can happen all the time. The beauty of this situation is that all they have to do is win and it's done but it's also a single game and anything can happen in one game but that's you know life carries risks you don't get any guarantees everything has the possibility of turning out wrong and you just have to hope that it turns out right
0: yeah dave you have a you have a, anything that you want to speak into um anything you, you, you're worried about speaking into the world
2: I'm a little bit worried uh, about that left side just because um, when their starter went down and the backup came in and he was supposed to be young and inexperienced and Jordan and he didn't really take advantage of that. And I kind of feel like, you know, Tim's got me a little more hopeful now just because Jordan's record at home. But I feel like... um, if they can't control his service again, that could be a problem. Um, I don't think we're going to see three penalty shouts. So, so we're probably going to watch a rather normal soccer game, um, not a very defensive one where the center referee determines victory. And I think that that's good for the Sounders because as you have written extensively, Jeremiah, um, they are the team with more international experience more competitive experience higher salary etc so if it's a normal soccer game NATO probably gets one
0: yeah sure. i i i would say that if i have a concern about this game it's one that isn't necessarily based on logic but it does have some basis in history and i've been doing a little bit of research under uh Pumas under uh, Andres Lalini, who's their head coach. Uh, I don't know how many people know this, but he got the job the day before uh, this. The I think it was the Apertura campaign of 2020. So like the old coach resigns on July 23rd. He's appointed. The season starts in July 24th. He's basically the guy who's running the academy. He's not. It's like they just they appoint him head coach. Uh they end up finishing second in the table that year and they go all the way to the final where they lose to Leon along the way they uh, in the, in this, I think it was in the semifinals. They lost to Cruz Azul four zero zero in the first leg, come back 4 four zero on the home leg to, and they, they went, they have a tiebreaker there where the team with the higher in the table automatically qualifies in a tie. So they, that's how they get to the final. Uh and then this last year, in the first tournament of the year, uh they you know they play a class or an apertura. So that was in the classroom. The apertura this year, uh, they um they are in four they at no point during the season are they in position to qualify for the playoffs. And on the last day of the season, they're again facing Azul They go down 3-1 at home, come back to win four three, jump all the way into the playoffs, they end up going to the uh, semifinals that year. Uh and then in the Champions League this year you know they lost 3-0 on the in the, in the away leg to Revolution they come back they get 3-3 they win in penalties. And then there, there this year uh just the other day they qualified they were uh rotating a bunch of players out to rest them for t- this game tomorrow. Uh they were playing the first place team in the table Pachuca. They end up winning that game 2-0. They get two goals off the bench from uh uh Daneno. They're they're qualified for the playoffs. So this is a team, I guess I'm illustrating. This is a team that plays its best when it's backs against or against the wall. And more times than not, Daneno is in the middle of all that that's going on. And I'm not saying that's gonna happen, but if it does happen, I imagine that's the nightmare scenario. Uh and I don't want to speak that into the world, but I think it's something that the Sounders need to be prepared for, and it's something that uh, like I would, I, would, I would guard us against getting too comfortable. If the Sounders go up 2-0, I wouldn't necessarily start popping champagne. Uh, this is going to be a tough game. Uh, Pumas is not a team who is the most talented. They're not a team who have the highest payroll, uh, but they do have a belief in themselves that I think is hard to quantify, and I think the good news is the Sounders also have a belief in themselves. And if there's a reason to be confident about them, it's, it's that, it's that this is a team that has been through battles that has been there before. And I really do believe they're going to pull this out. Uh, and, and if they do, it's going to be well-deserved and it's going to be, you know, a crowning achievement really of this, of this era of the Sounders. Uh, but does anyone else want to close out with anything, Dave, I, I want to make a recommendation. Dave wrote a great column today about urging people in the crowd to join the ECS with singing, uh, it 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 gets you gets you a little tingly, uh, but other than that, does anyone have any final thoughts before we we close this out and we get ready for tomorrow? Maybe just
1: that, you know, a a big part of the goals that the Sounders gave up in Mexico City were, you know, Javi and. Jamar not communicating super well in Jamar's first game back. Jordan and Nuhu not shutting down a guy on the wing and then Jamar getting out jumped because DiNeno jumped out of the building. I would not expect we've seen this year Nuhu shut down Mares and Mosala two of the best players in the world. We know that he is fully capable of doing that to a lesser player as well, regardless of who it is that's lined up on the other side. He, the Sounders are probably not going to sit back. They're going to go at Pumas. Nuhu hopefully will not be pinching in as if he's a third center back. He'll be doing the sort of left side domination that he did with Cameroon where he is not necessarily involved in the attack, but he is destroying attacking opportunities on every inch of that left flank. I would not expect him to make those same mistakes two games in a row. I wouldn't expect Jamar to have a not great game two games in a row. I think the likelihood that the number of things Required to go wrong for the Sounders to not pull a result out is pretty high and pretty unlikely.
0: You got anything, Dave?
2: I, I think the this is a constant reminder to uh, just recognize and enjoy the opportunity. Um, and that's not that the players are going to listen, but it's something that you know coaches remind players but it's also something that we we need as fans there aren't a lot of mls clubs that make it to the ccl final whether or not they win so that step alone is is significant and the idea that seattle uh can fill what sixty eight thousand and change on a week and a half notice was it um two weeks notice like two weeks a couple weeks yeah. yeah it's a just bathe in that bathe in that energy for a little bit understand that it you know if this is the only time it's a good time uh i think that is going to be kind of the way that i approach this the tactics will be fun new who will be fun you know christian rolled on just chirping away as he's kicked in every part of his body will be fun and the ability to just um overwhelmed downtown seattle with the energy that uh this fan base has is going to be um a thrill on a wednesday night you know we we look at you know other clubs might struggle for playoff games in ideal scenarios and this organization over the many 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 years has uh built into this powerhouse and for me um you know i i nothing i can do can help a team win or lose but The stuff that the three of us do with podcasts and everything else um, can help the community get, you know, united behind those uh, 90 or 120 minutes and change. Uh, It's just remember to be excited for the whole thing. Oh, show up early because as everybody knows, uh, downtown Seattle with that size crowd, um, it's going to take a while take transit. If you, have, if you have any reasonable option of public transportation, use it. Even if you haven't in a long time.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'd say that might be the best note because it's, it's, it's a day that should be celebrated. It's a day that you're going to want to be able to celebrate. And if you're stressing about finding parking tomorrow, you know, uh, getting to downtown on a Wednesday evening is challenging enough. Uh, on a normal game day, finding parking can be uh, complicated, but when there's 68,000 people there, and you are probably you, like, yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a challenge. And so I would I would set yourself. I guess what I'm saying is set yourself up for success. Uh, you know if if you can if you can find a way down that doesn't involve you getting into a single occupancy vehicle. You might want to try it. And it's not just about the environmental though. That doesn't hurt. Uh, like just, you know, make good choices as I tell my kids all the time. And uh, you know, I, I, I if you're, I, I, I would recommend biking is a, is not a bad option. Uh, even if you, if you got to do an Uber or something like that, that's not a bad option either, but I'll leave it at that. Um, signing off for uh Dave Clark, Tim Foss, I'm Jeremiah Shan. Let's go win this thing. I'm. This is the Standard Art Podcast, and uh, we'll catch you next time.